Hey everyone, um, this is Len in the editing bay. Basically, the day after we recorded this episode, which I'm not actually on, Mimi um, Me has announced that Shadow Gambit The Cursed Crew will be their final game, which is... Uh, we all felt like we should say something about it, because this is very sad. Um, you know, this is an indie studio that is making a, a very unique type of stealth tactics game that I don't think anyone else is is really making anything like it. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's uh, that's a loss for for us as strategy and tactics games uh, when something like this happens. They've been around for 15 years um, and, uh, you know, they made Shadow Tactics Blades of the Shogun, which is one of my favorite stealth games and one of my favorite tactics games of all time. Definitely go check that out if you haven't. Um, I still need to really sink some time into Shadow Gambit uh, because I've, you know, been juggling so many other huge projects this fall <laughs> with all the games coming out that uh, John was kind of uh, riding uh, in the in the vanguard on that one. Um but they said we'll be slowly ramping down the studio over the next few months. They shared this decision with the whole team at an on-site meeting before releasing the announcement. And they're doing everything in their power to support the team and reaching out to friends in the industry to find suitable jobs for all Mimimis. Um, if you have open positions and are interested in hiring our amazing talents, they say get in touch via hiring.mimimi. That's just M-I-M-I-M-I dot games. Um, we wish them all the best. I hope everybody, uh, who is, is now having to find somewhere else to work, um, can do so quickly and, uh, find a team that, that, uh, values their skills and, um, that they can feel fulfilled working on as we just continue to roll through what seems to be one huge round of layoffs after another, um, it's it's unfortunate that a studio like this has to make a decision like this. I think, you know, chasing the funding for your next game um, when you're this size uh, and like you don't have a <clears throat> big publisher sitting over you. Um, you know, it sounds like it was having a, a major impact on their personal lives and things like that. Anyway, I won't talk too much longer. You can go read the full statement on mimimi.games about everything that's happening. Um, but uh, on that kind of uh, glum note, on with the show. Good evening. You're listening to Three Moves Ahead. This is your host for the evening, John Bolding. I'm joined tonight by our good friend and freelance writer, Dom Terrason. Hey, hey. And... Rock Paper Shotgun editor in chief, I think making uh, her three moves ahead debut, uh, Catherine Castle. Hello. We're here tonight to talk about Shadow Gambit, the cursed crew, the latest stealth tactics game from Mimi Me Games, who it seems are really on a roll with the genre, kind of can't miss. Catherine, tell us about Shadow Gambit. So Shadow Gambit is a a stealth strategy game, kind of top down, uh, sort of. Vaguely isometric, but not really, because you, you know you can sort of move the camera around. Um, sort of about a, a gang of pirates who are all kind of have supernatural powers this time around. Sort of previous me, me, me games have all been uh, kind of slightly more historical. They sort of lent into a, a few 
magical abilities. These are all undead supernatural pirates, which is a, just a great setting, really, and a really gives gives them a really fun set of powers to play with. Uh, you're kind of fighting against this evil force known as the Inquisition, um, and yeah, just kind of basically kind of going around this this kind of alternate kind of lost Caribbean, um, murdering everyone, and it's it's really good fun. <laughs> It is. It's really good. Uh, and I think that the variety of characters is probably the biggest new thing as well, right? The, the setting itself is original, and I really enjoy the the liberties they take. They just kind of go wild, right? They just cook up this like elaborate pirate mythology. I don't know how, uh, Dom, you felt about it. Yeah, it was a, a fun take on um, high fantasy with, on the high seas. It's the whole setting. It gives me very strong dishonored vibes, especially that the the Inquisition are worshiping the holy geometry. They are obsessed with order and structure in all things, and of course, pirates being a, an incredibly messy bunch of people, um, they don't like them much, especially when they're undead pirates. They really don't. And I think it's funny that the the pirates are so thoroughly the good guys in this, right? Where to the point where like the the random civilians do not care or even actively <laughs> cheer you on when you yeah when you murder <laughs> the members of the Inquisition in front of them. Yeah, I think it's it's quite telling that sort of previously kind of civil you've you've always kind of had to be a bit kind of wary of civilians because they sort of almost act as other. Uh, you know, pairs of eyes that are looking at you and kind of calling out your actions. Whereas here, it's just like, yeah, they 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 really don't care. They're just like, yeah, on <laughs> on you on you go, mate. Kind of, you know, yeah, they they sort of don't really bat an eyelid, which is quite fun. Um, may, maybe takes a little bit of challenge out because you kind of, yeah, as you say, don't kind of really have to worry about them so much anymore. But it it is quite nice, just you know, yeah, they're so clearly on your side and and up for you, kind of, you know, so so thoroughly behind your actions. It's 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 quite good fun. I quite like the uh, decision, I guess, to make that sort of very obvious, right? It would have been easy to be the bad guys in this one, and it could have even been fun, but it's extremely clear that the, the Inquisition is so unwelcome that your your sort of crew of weirdos is the people that the locals would prefer to have running things. Yep. Um, one thing I found interesting is that there is the option to play the game non-lethally, but it makes it clear pretty I mean, right off the start that nobody really cares about that, especially the fact that you are playing as ghost pirates. They're like, yep, you're dead. You'll probably be back in like half an hour, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The A very laissez-faire approach to like mortality in general. <laughs> it does seem like a major part of the... The world, which is sort of the, the the people sometimes just are coming back. It just happens, you know. The uh speaking of the the people involved, I wanted to talk about about the character design. There's a broad variety here, and there are quite a few compared to the previous Mimi Me stealth strategy games, uh, compared to Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun, and Desperados 3. We've got eight characters this time around i think each with their own suite of abilities did anyone have a favorite or, or find that to be as compelling a part of the game as i did all of the characters i loved but 
I think the one that I liked most was um, the the chirpy Scottish shipwriter John Mercury, who he is probably the most overpowered character in the game because he can just disappear off the map into the void below and pop out with his enormous magical anchor and just sink people straight into the void with him. And this allows him to basically not ever take damage and also assassinate anyone on the map so long as he can teleport from point to point to get close to them. Yeah, he's got quite a broad range. I I, I also really like John Mercury. I thought he was really good fun. And he has, he has a sort of sidekick fish called Sir Reginald, which kind of acts as a kind of uh, kind of distraction device. I didn't really use the original very much, but I liked the fact that he existed. Um, and yeah, I think it was it was quite interesting. Uh, sort of ahead of the release, um, I, I d- did an interview with with Mimi, and they actually sort of mentioned that right off the bat that that, that John Mercury was probably like one of the most OP characters, um, and they sort of had to tone him down because everyone else was kind of you know um, yeah, kind of like basically not quite as good. Um, and then, but yeah, he's still, <laughs> I think he sort of still, still has ended up a little bit kind of overpowered, but he's, he, you know, I think a lot of them are quite, you know, overpowered compared to other me, me, me games. Um, I mean, Gael kind of also, you know, she has a great big uh, cannon strapped to her back. I thought she was really good fun, uh, but she can basically kind of, you know, not only use the cannon to kind of fire your own crewmates across the map, but it, it, probably a, a similar kind of radius as John Mercury has to kind of like just basically pop up everywhere. Um, but she can also kind of like just kind of, kind of uh, soup up kind of like um, enemies as well. And kind of just, you know, literally just kind of pop them off, um, you know, into a bush or, you know, just kind of so far away from where they were. Um, yeah. She's, she's really good fun as well. Um, I was also quite partial to Toya, who is a kind of a chef, style character who's um he has a um quite a large kind of whistle that can kind of you know in sort of classic me 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 fashion kind of just kind of pull guards from their post to kind of go and investigate but he's also got a um kind of uh i think it's katsushiro the kind of paper kind of japanese paper paper kind of uh talisman that you can kind of either put on uh enemies or a point on the ground that he can then kind of basically later teleport back to from any distance that 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 that's a really I, I felt i felt that was quite an op move but also say it sort of never never sort of feels too overpowered in the moment it always they always kind of feel um yeah you know just right i think yeah, yeah i i really enjoyed how a lot of the abilities and i think those are actually all great especially gael and john mercury are great examples of where they decided that in this in this game, they're just going to let you break the map sequences. They're going to let you come up with ridiculous combos that bypass huge chunks of the map if you want to. Like the if you take Gael, who can shoot people, you can just over walls, up on top of walls, onto guard towers. You could skip like massive sequences of these maps that you would otherwise have to stealth through just by bringing Gael along and firing the other two members of your crew up on top of things or over things. Uh, and then if you bring Quentin, who's the sort of treasure hunter thief type character, he's got a magic fishing rod and you can have him, you can shoot him on top of something with Gael and then have him fish Gael up with him 
right? So you can bring your whole team along. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's good fun. Yeah, the, the entire structure of the game is kind of radically different from the previous two Mimimi games. Like, the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay is functionally identical. It may as well be the same game, but with fancier powers. But the structure of it is every map has multiple entry points, multiple exit points. Often you have a choice of missions to pick from, and you can pick which characters you take, and you decide what tools you're taking into it. There is no longer the element of these maps being a fixed puzzle with an intended solution. You are doing it almost kind of dishonored or Hitman style, just improvising and coming up with what you feel is the most fun solution to it. Yeah, you get to pick your tools in a way that I'm not sure has ever been done in this exact genre before. You really do select the exact team you want. And I, I love that there's a, even a mechanism to encourage you to bring characters you don't use that often on missions, right? Over time, they build up little bonuses if they've been on the ship too long, not getting brought on a mission. And then when you finally bring them, you get this sort of bonus currency. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's used to unlock upgraded versions of character powers. And so there's even this system in place to, to keep you varying up your team and trying new combinations. I don't know if you all enjoyed that as much as I did. Yeah, yeah I, I think... I, I did, sorry, definitely. Don't, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you, you. Okay. Um, yeah, I think like the I think it's called the vigor system, um, and yeah, I I, th I thought that was a really effective tool uh, for yeah, kind of just encouraging you to kind of switch up uh, which characters you brought with you and 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 kind of how you approached uh, yeah different maps. Um, I think like because obviously you you kind of have to uh, you don't kind of have your entire crew to start off with. You have to kind of unlock them uh, as you go by kind of. Going, going around these islands, kind of collecting black pearls and kind of soul energy uh, in order to kind of bring them back. So it's, it's, it takes quite a while for you to kind of build up your full squad. Uh, so obviously kind of at the start, you know, you are kind of using those same characters that you choose to unlock you know, first. Um, so the kind of the vigor system doesn't really kick in until like later on when you when you do have more characters. And yes, you can obviously can only bring three of them with you at any one point. Um, but even yeah, I th I, th I thought that that kind of just giving you that little extra nudge. It's not kind of too in your face, and I think like um, because yeah, like the reward is just like an upgrade of one ability. It's sort of you don't feel too penalized if you don't uh, use it too often, or, you know, don't really engage with it. Although it, it is it is definitely worth worth you know worth investing in it just because some of the uh, uh, upgrades are are really quite good. <laughs> One of the upgrades is one of the funniest things. I, I laughed so hard every time I used it and I kept using it. Like I just I was laughing like a hyena. I just couldn't stop, which was Gael's upgraded melee attack. Oh, yeah, um, that is she's the got this, upgrade in the game. It's so funny. She's got this big cannon. And if you upgrade her melee attack, instead of, you know, punching them out or stabbing them or any of these other options, she just she just walks up behind enemies and just plops the cannon down over their head <laughs> and then puts it back on their back. And there they are just like two squirming legs sticking out of the end of the cannon. It's so funny. Yep. Oh, yeah, that is, it also makes it one of the fastest melee attacks in the game because not only does she knock them out really quickly, 
but it effectively doubles as instantly hiding the body because they're in in her cannon on her back. Yeah, they're right there. Mm. Done. Yeah, I quite like the distinction between uh, when sort of enemies were either yeah either dead or incapacitated, that it was their legs that stuck out um, of the cannon. But when you have your mates in there, uh, it's their face. So it's just kind of like this little kind of yeah, this kind of little kind of uh, person just sort of you know <laughs> just sort of yeah. poking at, poking out the edge of the cannon. But sort of little details like that, I I, I really really liked. And I think there are character. there are even a few achievements for things like you know have have Gael give someone else a piggyback ride for the whole mission mm. or something like that right carry yeah. them around. On that note, um, yeah, um, the game structure gets really open later on. Like um, once you get your entire crew, you're <clears throat> you're fully into the third act where like twenty more missions open up, like three missions per crew member. And you only have to do a, a subset of them to get to the ending of the game. So you are just free to sail the seas and do what jobs you want and players and follow what character storylines you care about. And even after the credits roll, um, every island then unlocks a bunch of additional objectives that are just like for fun and laughs. Yeah. I was going to say that I I think it's a really brilliant structure for this kind of game too. The first time you're playing through all these maps and all these missions, you don't have the full crew yet. And you especially don't have the giant sort of list of, of achievements, of challenge, of self-imposed challenges, of specific runs or whatever that, that you can do on these missions. You just play through casually. You do whatever you want. You get you get the objective, you get out. If you happen to complete a challenge, it does give it to you, which I found really satisfying and fun. But then once you've finished the story, it opens everything up for you and gives you all these lists of weird choices to make and strange challenges to undertake, right? Like complete this whole mission without ever going into cover or what have you. It uh it to me felt like a much more accessible version of this kind of game you don't have that sort of like hitman analysis paralysis problem that you might have with those games where you're going into it and you can see that there's a huge list of optional ways to do the mission you're like i just i just want to figure out how to do the mission at all right yeah um they it's quite elegant in how that it starts out really quite limited you are at the beginning just with um the very first mission is one character. The second mission is two characters, but you get to choose which of those that you unlock. And then it's two characters for a couple of missions. Then you've got a full squad. Then you have you start building up the crew to increase the amount of choices. And it just it broadens and broadens and broadens even after the credits have ended. And it is just a really satisfying thing to come back to. It is. It's actually one of the few, one of the rare games where while I was still in the review period, having finished the game, I went back and played more, which is always sort of one of those grand compliments to me. Uh, Did anybody have that sort of aha moment while playing this where you figured out like, oh, this is, this was the intent. This was the, this is the way I'm supposed to use these characters, or this is the, uh, 
the sort of like, oh, I wasn't sure how to use that character, but then I figured it out. For me, it was the um, the sniper. Uh, the she's a, she's a former member of the Inquisition, and she's got a crossbow. And I was like, at first, I was like, eh, she's not that useful. I'm not really sure I understand the the appeal of having like a single ranged attack because she's got one magic crossbow bolt, so it has to be retrieved every time she fires it. Um, but then after a while, I started to figure out, oh, she can, you know, blind enemies at the distance and then someone else can grab them. And then if someone, you know, spots the team member who's off assassinating someone, she can take out that third person from a distance without having to break cover. Yeah, um, I found her especially useful, especially once you get her upgrade, which lets any other crewmate pick up the crossbow bolt once it's been fired. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, lets... I, I, I really liked Teresa as well. That was that was the the first power round I unlocked because yeah, I, she she was the third person that that or third crewmate that that I revived, and yeah, when I saw that, it's like brilliant. I'm having that. <laughs> yeah, it opens up so many options. I, that's the great thing about the upgrades; they all like make the core ability of the that character just a little bit more flexible. And it, it lets you really double down on whatever shenanigans they do. Yeah, absolutely. The one that really got me in this was uh, Pincus von Presswald. He's the sort of like deposed Prussian noble who is semi-ghostly now and he can he can blow himself out as pipe smoke and possess people and that was the set of abilities that in in cursed crew i understood like oh this is really this really feels like something new he can tether himself to these areas by possessing someone and he can only go so far from the point of possession but the suddenly you have a character who can access and use the abilities of the enemy types against them Yep, yeah, I also found that he is the character that actually gets more useful if you're playing on hard mode, which adds more enemies and more patrols, because more people means more people for him to possess. More densely patrolled areas are more areas that he can get into, but other characters can't. And yeah, he's he creates a whole new set of strategic problems because on some maps where there are like big open areas between um, guard patrols, he's almost useless. Like, you, he can do a little bit in one area and then you have to drop his disguise and then move him up and try and start a new disguise somewhere else. Um, um, like, the Inquisition Fortress levels, he is probably the most powerful there. And, yep, yeah, the powers are very situational and you get to decide what situations you use them in. It's interesting because uh, I, sorry, uh, I was just going to say, um, yeah, it's it's interesting that both both of you kind of like uh, use Pincus. Uh, like Pincus was actually one of the one of the last characters I unlocked, so I didn't actually use him as much. And I sort of, I I, I enjoyed the, his ability to kind of possess people, um, but I did I did wish he kind of talked to people because he he can kind of engage people in conversation um, to kind of basically kind of make them face in in a specific direction, which is quite like kind of Kate O'Hara from, from Desperados three, but whereas kind of Kate can kind of indefinitely kind of hold someone's attention. 
Uh, I did wish that pinkers could kind of just talk to people just a, a fraction longer so that I had sort of a, a little bit more breathing room to kind of like do what I wanted to do. Because um, I think even even sort of the the, the lower tier enemies that that he can he can kind of he can actually distract the the, the time window is 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 quite narrow. Um, so yeah, you've really got to be like on your game if if you do want to do something within that window. So speaking of time windows, the sort of active pause was something that I got a lot of mileage out of uh, on the harder missions where you can pause and queue up some abilities and then execute them all at the same time. And that was yeah. the only that the I did agree. I do agree with you. The amount of time that Pincus will talk to someone is so short, right? It seems like maybe he's just too annoying that people don't actually <laughs> want to speak to him for very long. Uh, but they will, they'll only talk to him for so long. So I would always have to queue it up in such a way that was like, okay, this is going to get them to turn away from the bush where the other crew member is hiding and they mm. can burst out and grab the, uh, grab and take down the person he's talking to or the person next to the person he was talking to or what have you. Well, that's um, one thing that um, I found really funny about Pinkus is the game makes it very clear that he is the absolute worst. The, they only keep him around for his powers because like, um, if you look at the abilities when he's like possessing a guard with a rifle, he can fire the rifle once. He doesn't know how to reload a rifle. Right. <laughs> so if there are any other guards around that didn't see the shooting but come out and then see this guard with a smoking rifle and not doing anything with it, they'll be suspicious of him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you absolutely. think that they'd be suspicious by just the giant pipe that they're all clearly smoking to kind of signify, you know, that's 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 the kind of the indicator for you as a player. It's like this this one is Pinkus because he's he's smoking a giant pipe. You think that in itself would be suspicious to the other to the other acolytes? <laughs> I um, during pre-release, um, I had a bug that every um, person he possessed, but um, was then um, woken up from being knocked out. Um, it still had the pipe. Okay. <laughs> so I would sometimes end up with like half the guards on the map going around smoking pipes. That's uh, that's so good. <laughs> I wish they kept that bug. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like a good, it seems good. I, I sort of want that one. I want that back. And then they could do an achievement where you have to give every guard on the map a pipe without killing it or something like that, right? That's quite good. Well, yeah, every character is just fun in their own way, and the synergies that you can set up between them. Like, um, as I mentioned, Teresa has um, a sniper ability, and someone needs to pick up that crossbow bolt. If you, I, she pairs up really well with the main character, Afia, who can um, blink step. So, like, you you hit an enemy, and Afia just zips up there, grabs the crossbow bolt. And immediately, Teresa can take another shot at someone. Afia can grab the, the bolt there and just chain across like an entire area of enemies. I would have uh, Mercury retrieve the bolt sometimes, right? Because he can sort of explode out from beneath the ground. So as yeah. long as you were getting something on the same plane, I thought that was the most fascinating restriction for Mercury's uh ability which was that he he can basically instantly take down almost any guard in the game right but he has to be on the same 
horizontal plane as the person he's going for. So if they're on top of a wall, but he went, you know, into the below on the ground, he can't get them. Yeah, the only real limitation he has there is that it is one of the loudest attacks in the game. Like if you do it guards for like half a mile, you're going to hear it. Yeah, it's a huge bubble around uh, the characters that can take down. Speaking of the loudest attacks in the game, everyone has their pistols, right? That they can fire and they're, they're carrying a shot. Did you, did anyone else ever really use their pistols? Not once. <laughs> I used them as a last resort when everything went to hell or when I was just like running straight to the exit at the end of a mission. And there was like a last couple guards in the way. That, I think that's the only time I ever used them as well, which was just, oh, look, there's there's two guards or whatever around the exit. I'm just going to shoot them. <laughs> We're on our way out anyways, right? Yeah, on the on the um, hardest difficulty, you don't get guns at all. They just disable that. Oh, really? Okay. That makes, uh, that makes a big difference, I think, in terms of your ability to recover mid-catastrophe. There's definitely a lot of quick saving, which ends up featuring as a as an in-universe element of the plot which i found pretty entertaining i don't think you know it would be entertaining if every single game in this genre was about the fact that you quick save all the time but i did appreciate the meta commentary of it yeah it was always like the a key part of the previous games right down to it reminding you if you haven't quick saved in a couple minutes but for this one they they've leaned into the idea that, yeah, being able to save and load to your game is magic. And in this case, it is incredibly powerful magic that people would very, very much like to have. Yeah, that's that's kind of like, I mean, I sort of, when I when I reviewed it, I kind of said that, you know, obviously, me, 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 can't really pull this trick again. <laughs> um, but I did really like the way that they did integrate it into the kind of, yeah, the, the wider kind of plot and the story of, of the game itself. I thought that the there's a kind of a mid-game twist that I, I don't want to spoil because it's, it's really good and people, you know, you, sh- you should be able to experience that for yourself. But there's a, there is a mid-game twist where that kind of involves that power that I thought was just really well done. Um, and yeah, kind of like just sort of... Um, talks or kind of uses that concept of quick saving and quick loading just a really interesting way that yeah for me kind of elevated it just a little bit above kind of Desperados 3 um which is still excellent um but yeah I think just that that extra little kind of like just engaging with that kind of um thematically as a as a concept was 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 really was really nicely done yeah I I, I wouldn't use the word um elevated um uh, because i think that this is an interesting side grade from like um, Shadow Tactics and Desperados. Fundamentally, it's the same game, but it is, they've put very intentionally a different spin on it. They can, I get the feeling that they realized that if they did another game that was too close to the previous two, they'd be in trouble. So they just put enough difference between the previous two to make it sing. And yeah, I think that they they looked at Dishonored and Hitman and took so many good ideas from those and integrated it into the, the formula, the setting, uh, the characters, the powers. And they did it in a real smart way. Yeah, I think that the accessibility of it is the biggest 
change or for me i i think elevation is the right word because the ability for me to much more easily say oh you would enjoy this to a lot of people does come from that integration of a more open-ended mission structure where it's a bit of a it's a bit more of a sandbox a bit less less of a puzzle um though that is also the source of my sort of my primary complaint I hesitate to call it a complaint because it's truly more of a wish. Like I wish that there was this thing that made this game even better than it is, which is that I I would like these worlds to be a little more alive. They, they retain that almost miniature diorama aspect from the previous Mimi Me games where they're, they're a playset and they don't change that much as any given mission progresses or as you interact with the environments in them. I don't know if uh, if either of you had that same feeling. I think partly that the fact that the kind of the locals, I think just that 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 it is their complete indifference to you that maybe makes it feel like it is just the Inquisition here. Like you don't really have to worry about the people kind of milling about. Um, and I think that you know, I think if if they've reacted to you in the same way that say they did in Desperados 3, I think it probably would feel a little bit more like, oh, this is an actual place with people in it and I need to be kind of, you know, careful about how I operate in this in this environment. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the, the Inquisition has sort of taken over a lot of these islands so sort of fully that it, yeah, it can just be kind of the Inquisition show and then once you take out the Inquisition, <laughs> there is not a lot left there. Um, to kind of yeah keep these places feeling, um, you know, kind of like not necessarily not interesting places, but just yeah, as as if you know that they they that that they will continue to exist, kind of you know, and take over when you leave, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. they did mention um, briefly in the um, the story that yeah, the pirates used to be a big problem around there, but um, the Inquisition are so much worse than anything that has come before that the people are just pining for a hero, no matter how undead they may be. Yeah, no matter how rotten, literally or, or figuratively. <laughs> the uh, the thing I, I do still, I just, even the even as sort of the levels empty out, I, I did want guards to be more reactive to things like finding a body. They sort of have the a timer that they engage in if they find a dead body or a knocked out ally or if they spot a pirate where they're they're going to run around the immediate area or the, the last place they saw someone for a little bit for 30 seconds to a minute if one of the sort of bell carrying alarm guards sees it or gets involved they'll sound their alarm which will pull new enemies onto the map out of a little door but at the end of that time Everyone will just go back to their spot, go back to their post, and the enemy, the the sort of fresh enemies will actually just go back in their sort of little clown car door and vanish off the map. I wanted yeah. Yeah. more of that sort of the, a permanent change or something, right? Like there's areas where the guards are relaxing or they're studying or cleaning weapons or cataloging artifacts or what have you, right? All these various activities, which I love. I love that part of it, but I wanted them to... You know, all these guys who are cataloging artifacts, if they find a corpse, they probably should, you know, go to guard posts of some kind instead or uh, take on a permanent patrol pattern that that changes up over time. I wanted there to be more of a 
sort of reward or at least bit of bit of living world or, or map knowledge to affect and exploit yeah it it is very much metal gear rules apply which is the most intuitive and widely accepted like self game framework it's something that it is the big trade off of this game it's that everything just works immediately as you expect it to without too many additional wrinkles and sometimes yeah if you were especially if you're coming from the previous games um, that they've done you sometimes want those wrinkles back i felt like that the when you kind of took out someone who was clearly kind of part of a conversation loop that they were this this may just be my memory being slightly shoddy um, I felt like that they, they were a bit more reactive than they were in Desperados 3. Kind of if, if someone sort of comes back and expects to find someone that to talk to, they were like, you know, hold on a second. <laughs> Where, where's this guy gone? And you know, they, they, they will sort of look around. As you say, they, 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 they do eventually kind of reset and go back to their usual routine. And then, you know, that, that is it for the single kind of interaction of, uh, you, know, you know, kind of variation in, in, in their patrol. Um, but I, yeah, I did, I did feel that they were, that they were a tiny bit, a bit you know a bit more responsive in in that sense but um yeah yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right they do if they if they have a, a preset pattern where they're going to end their patrol at one end and talk to someone if they, if they get that person to talk to they'll then and the person's not there they'll look around and they'll move off and get alert which is in the end to me always felt more like a tool in my bag where i would be like oh this person's going to come along they'll they'll see that they're friends not there anymore and they'll go wandering off into the bushes to get murdered yeah i i hate a lot of bodies in bushes <laughs> i love i love Selady, who is this sort of ship's doctor i here's another side tangent i love that all the characters have these tall ship age of sail jobs on the boat they're not yeah. just some some person on the crew right like they're the quartermaster the ship's doctor the carpenter right they have these specific mm. these specific roles which is if you're like me and you just you love boat uh then that is that is just sort of it's catnip right it's just easy it's an easy win i guess for me 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 but uh so lady is the ship's doctor and she can make bushes appear out of nowhere and that is the funniest single ability because <laughs> As we all know, in this genre, a body in a bush instantly turns into dust and blows away in the wind. And so the ability to just throw a bush onto a body you've just made is so funny to me. Yeah. And I, th I, I, I did quite like how kind of slightly how kind of nonplussed a lot of, you know, if, if, if you do it in sight of, you know, say if, if you are hiding in, in an actual bush, um, because, it, yeah, as, as well as sort of vanishing bodies, you can use uh, the bushes to kind of, you know, as, as sort of like extra cover, basically. Um, and if, you know, if, if an enemy is sort of looking at it, it will sort of cast enough of a shadow so that you can crouch towards it without getting spotted. Um, but yeah, they if, if they do kind of catch sight of it, there's like, oh, wait, that's a bit weird. Uh, but they're like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> they sort of don't really kind of like go and investigate, which, which is, yeah, I sort of found quite, quite, quite amusing. There's like generates, a handful. Yeah, it generates some really cartoony moments, especially Selady is perfect for um, sneaking up on snipers, just like directly in their line of sight. Because every time they, they look slightly to the side, this bush moves just that <laughs> a little bit closer. <laughs> it's, it's like um, when you're, 
a cat's playing with you, trying to sneak up on you. And you, you, you look away and you look back and the cat's like uh, two steps closer, but dead rigid in the same pose that it was before. And repeating, only it's a bush just teleporting closer and closer until it's ready to pounce. Yeah, I love those. And I love the lines. There's a lot of really good, just incidental comedy lines and barks and things like that in this game among the Inquisition guys. And one of my favorite ones is when you throw out a bush, there's this particular sort of uh, it's it's only for the lowest tier of guard. But when they see the bush pop up, they'll be like, nah, even the weeds conspire against us. <laughs> it's like such a good goofy fanatic line. Also, every single character has like reaction lines to every other character's powers and also the quick saving, quick loading. So there is just so much chatter going on. It never overwhelming, I found, which is pretty rare in if in games that have um, so much chat like that. But yeah, hearing the characters kind of jokingly riffing off each other about I and mean, what they're doing is it elevates them to feel like like a proper crew rather than just disparate characters. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of like what made, um, you know, it, it just even more fun kind of bringing different people on different missions just to see kind of basically what they would say to each other. Um, you know, that that kind of added a, a little extra kind of spark. And yeah, as you say, it, they really do feel like that these characters know each other and that they, you know, yeah, I'm just so familiar with what everyone can do, and um, I think it. I think it's Gael that has a line, or that when when Gael kind of like either stabs someone someone from behind, or yeah, pops them into a cannon. Um, I can't remember who it is, but yeah, one of them. It, it might be John Mercury. It's just like you know, don't break their bones, Gael. Like, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just yeah really liked all of their all of their kind of bants. It was really good. I like to Toya for those, especially because he's sort of like the the warrior among the group where she he's like he has like opinions about how to fight. And he's yeah. all like all of his comments are about like, oh, that was really nice. Like great. Oh yeah, 10 out of 10. Loved that. Right. <laughs> Just like little opinions about how good someone's attack was. Yeah. And he's all he's he's got some good food uh analogies as well, as 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 he's the chef, it's a sort of, you know, just sort of I I, I like to sort of just like slice and dice and just sort of yeah, yeah. He's also got that, that he calls uh, ideas like oh a, cl- a classic recipe when you're setting yes. up an attack or something. <laughs> Those are so good. Yeah, that's the thing. I did, for all of the the death and murder in this, there's not any blood, and there's there's a lot of skeletons, but there's no blood. Like these are cartoon pirates at their their silliest, and they really lean into that. Yeah, it's yeah. a really just joyful game. Um, yeah, so they're, they're they're all very good hangs. They they all kind of uh yeah, just great fun to to be around and and to take on missions. And yeah, as you say, they're just the, the powers are really are really kind of imaginative and creative. And yeah, it just kind of lets you get up to all sorts of trouble. Um, yeah, a very 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 good upbeat game, despite all the murdering. <laughs> yeah, my only real wish from it um is. Possibly it could have done with another one or two basic enemy types, but also I wish there were more missions that let you use more than three characters. Like some really hard missions that like let you use five or six would have been 
particularly interesting because they do let you use all eight in the finale. And yeah. that yeah. it feels like the game has really cut loose and it is a shame when it ends because I wanted more of that. Yeah, it feels like I'm, a big victory lap. Yeah. But I think I think like if 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 they had had more more missions where you did where you were able to take more characters with you. I I, I don't know. I, I quite liked how special that they felt, you know, it's like, oh okay, right. <laughs> we're bringing out the big guns right now. You know, like, yeah, we've we've got all eight of them, or you know, yeah, we've got six of them, or you know, whatever number it was. Um because there, yeah, there there are a couple of of big missions like that, uh, sort of key points in the story. And yeah, I, I just sort of I think that having too many of them, as you say, they they are really good fun in the moment. But I think that sort of by limiting them, it, it just makes you know the, the ones that you, that we do get just feel feel that bit yeah feel that bit more special. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it it absolutely does feel special. The, the finale mission where you you have to um, use all eight characters simultaneously is really demanding but fun in so many interesting new ways but that's the thing it gives you this whole new suite of possibilities and then it says nope that's the that's the end of that <laughs> yeah. Roll. yeah that's certainly true i i sort of wish there were more mid scope ones you know five five uh five crew members at once or something like that where and this may be something that Mimi is looking at for sequels and they didn't want to try and blow up the design space too much too fast right we all understand that games have limited development time available but i would have loved missions where you have five or six pirates but you need to break them up into different teams to solve widely disparate objectives at the same time i think that would have been a really interesting bit of you know capital s strategy to make the player engage in it also would have made certain characters much more valuable right Teresa's sheer range would come in handy in a mission like that as would sort of Toya's ability to teleport long distances you know he could be part of one team do something and then jump to the other one yeah I, I think that sums up that the vibe that so many people had about this game that it it does everything that it sets out to do excellently um it's just that there it shows you enough possibilities that you wish it did more it all it does is leave you hungry for more which is probably the mark of a very good game yeah it sort of kicks in the door on this genre in a way that the previous two were like i feel like shadow shadow tactics and desperados 3 when they came along as they came along, they were like, remember how good this genre is? Remember how fun it could be? We're going to do it in a modern way. And now this one's like, also, we're going to blow up the whole design space and we're going to bring in a lot of new ideas and a broad variety of abilities. And then you're going to see this vast open room we've shown you now. And there's a lot of options. It's possible that, you know, the Shadow Gambit 2 or what have you, I, I, who knows what they're getting up to next is going to be just so much better than this one that we all forget it. That's at least would be my hope. Yeah, there's, I mean, I, there's I, huge potential for an amazing sequel here, but it's also going to be an incredibly tough balancing act because, yeah, it, I think they kept it kind of narrow with this game because it might fall apart if you if you push the design too hard. 
And I think that you could see, um, I mean, I think like, you know, that with, with the islands being as big as they are, um, and having kind of distinct areas within them, I think that, you know, if you look back to kind of Desperados 3, and it wasn't in every mission as they were sort of, you know, slightly more bespoke, but there were larger levels in Desperados 3 that had, you know, those, those sort of social zones that were sort of safe zones, um, you know, you know where, where you could just kind of walk around, you know, as a kind of regular person without being spotted. And then there was kind of within the, you know, on the outskirts of, of, of that kind of central causeway, you know, you had those kind of hostile areas. I think that the islands here are kind of those, you know, but on a much larger scale. Um, except, you know, obviously you don't really have those safe zones in, in between the, the kind of distinct areas here. But um, I think, you know, hope, you know, yeah, I, I, I would also hope that they would just run with this idea even further. And I think that, um, you know, hopefully, you know, if, 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 if you could see, you know, if, if you picture the, the, the Desperados three social zones as like a dry run for these islands, then yeah, maybe, maybe these islands are, you know, could, could be the basis for something else, um, you know, even better. Um, I, I still think that like the islands themselves, the fact that they do work so brilliantly with any kind of character combination, uh, it's still like a testament just to, like, you know, Mimi Me's just like, they're just the brilliance of their design that, you know, that, you know, you don't feel like, oh, I should have brought, you know, I should have brought Selady with me for this, or I should have brought Pinkers. Like, they all work with everyone, which I think is just brilliant. You know, the fact that it doesn't feel like, um, yeah, you're you're either being hampered or, you know, you could just have fun with literally anyone you pick in this space. Um, you know, I think that, like, just the fact that they've managed to nail that is is a real achievement. Um yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I I hope they go on to do bigger and better things, um, as well. But yeah, I I think that like this this in itself is still like yeah a real achievement over over Desperados. Yeah. On on that note, the game does um, I give you a little warning if you try and start a mission without a character that can move guards around. Yes, but that's it doesn't true. Yeah. Stop you. It it no. it, it says <coughs> this may be a little more difficult if you play it this way. But you know what? If you've, you've got an idea, go with it. And the islands themselves, I mean, they are wonderfully weird and fantastical. Yeah. And they, I, they had real fun with the, the environment design. I loved uh, Angler's Grave, which is sort of this big, I guess it's, a, it's the quote city of the game. It's a big town built across this rocky island where someone has beached and killed a giant ancient leviathan and it's a, it's like an angler fish and the bones of the creature have become part of the island structure and every you know it's this cursed monster so every decade or whatever it starts to regenerate and grow new meat and the townsfolk rather than being terrified by this are like yeah free food <laughs> so they start cutting it into pieces to eat it right and it, that's yeah. what's happening that's the backdrop of this game and it the amount of environmental variety, even in that one map, that's the map I think that's most focused on vertical areas and sort of ascending tiers and levels where people above can see below, but not necessarily vice versa. But even that one map has a great blend of different terrains. It has the sort of slums area, which is very ramshackle with buildings built built up upon each other where going into one building that looks like it's not connected and coming out another to grab a guard and pull them in with you is 
uh, a sort of key strategy as is hiding in the shade below a decking. And then still on that same map, you've also got a little almost fortress-like area where there's lots of rigid patrols and guards and a large open dockside area where you can make the most of crew members that can swim, which I don't think is something we've talked about. Only certain members of the crew can swim, and then also only certain members of the crew can climb vines uh, and greenery to get around, which I really liked. It's like, of course, Gael can't swim. She's got a cannon on her back right now. <laughs> yeah, and Teresa has both a hook hand and a, a prosthetic um, claw leg, which is, it means that she can't climb vines, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that actually um, really kind of... Uh, I, I sort of... Um, I think it was the, the island where you have the kind of the miniature kind of prison on it. Uh, which, you, which, which I think you only ever visit once. It's, it's one of the islands that doesn't get a repeat visit. Um, but I think right, yeah. at one point, yeah, you kind of have to bring, I, I had her, um, Athea, and I think probably Toya um, on the mission. And there's a point where it kind of drags you down to the beach. And I just opened, like, cause to escape the each level, you have to open um, this kind of tear in reality, um, kind of basically these kind of, big ghostly doors um to yeah to basically escape the level i just opened one of those kind of on top of this little hill um and was thinking oh great that's the nearest one i can just go back there but obviously the the, the way back up had a vine and it's like oh no <laughs> I, I now can't get <laughs> Teresa up up this up this up to this tear so i had to go around basically i had to yeah had to, had to kind of plan a whole different route um, which you know is 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 great because you know yeah it just sort of forced me to engage with a with a um, the part of the map that I sort of hadn't really planned on going to but it's like oh wait yes I I sort of I've I've sort of uh, yeah I need to I need to rethink this now because yes I've got her down here where I, she can't get back up um, so yeah I'm gonna have to go kill kill a bunch more guards which is which is you know which is good fun because yeah it just makes makes you sort of stay in that level a little bit longer just sort of yeah think about it a little bit more a little bit more deeply. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked that, yeah, you have that kind of patchwork of, yeah, this character can do this, but not this. And yeah, other others um, have these other set of, set of abilities that, yeah, you just kind of have to have to deal with. Um, and yeah, it makes getting around that map, you know, as I say, you just kind of have to engage with it a little bit more. Um, and yeah, it sort of just makes it a bit more of a puzzle, which is, yeah, which I like a yeah. lot. Yeah, I, I had, it's funny because I had sort of the opposite experience where I went into, there's one mission that is a uh it's a map it's a set of two islands that are only connected by a bridge that's at the highest point of both islands oh yeah that's um, good fun that one and i had a mission on one of those on that specific map once where i realized or i was like oh man i have to go all the way across to the other island to get this next part of the objective i'm gonna have to fight my way up the mountain across and then down again and i realized oh wait everyone I have here can just swim. And so I just had them all jump in and swim across to the other that's island. Pretty good. Yeah. That's really satisfying. And the other one that's like that is there's a map that's a big sort of ex mid frozen in time, mid explosion battlefield with like oh, a tower and all these wrecked ships. And that's another one where it's like, Oh, well I don't want to have to fight across cause it's a big round Island. So at any one point of the island, if you have to go across to the other, it takes quite a while. 
that's another one where you're just like, well, I'll just swim around. I'll just send someone swim halfway around the island and come out over there, pop up on the mm. beach, do this little objective and jump back in. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about um, like the sheer scale of the maps that each one has like multiple entry points, multiple exits, and usually um, several missions that take place on any given map. That's one of the big differences from um, Mimi's um, previous games because the missions tend to be much smaller, like 20 to 30 minutes um, for most regular missions. Which I, I loved that every mission had an estimated completion time on it. It was like, this is a medium mission. This is a yeah. short, this is a long, right? Yeah, yeah there were a, a handful of like really big set piece missions, which were equivalent to um, Desperados and Shadow Tactics, like the 60 to 90 minute and slogs that were absolutely standard for the previous games. This one, it is mostly the smaller ones with the occasional big set piece one. But despite that, it is a much bigger game. Like once Act 3 really opens up and all of those optional missions open up, you, if you want to play every mission, you are looking at 30 hours minimum. It's a big one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there any anything we've missed that that you'd all like to talk about here? any key part of the game that or a favorite part that you feel like we haven't mentioned i've quite liked the little crew tales that you had just on your ship because uh, you kind of you, you you the the your ship the red marley is is kind of what gives you that kind of quick save quick quick load magic power uh, and you return there um sort of between missions as as you would uh, with a pirate crew and on a pirate ship um and as you were kind of you know yeah kind of planning your next steps um if you take control of of different characters in the crew yeah they, they they each have their own little kind of weird side story um which is you know they're they're, they're all fairly throwaway i think but they they are good fun and you know they you, you get a good a good number of laughs out of them um one with did did either of you do toya's crew tale yes, yes. I did. Oh, that is great, yeah. Ninja fish. It's like <laughs> it sort of just sort of starts very kind of innocuously, and it's like, oh, there's this weird fish strung up, um, literally on a kind of like wooden, you know, he's he's his 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 lips are kind of pulled back. He's his tail is is he, you know, he's sort of almost like he's sort of been being hung out to dry. So that yeah, he's hung up to be gutted. Yeah, right. to kind of you know to cook in his next meal, um, and he just starts talking to him, um, and sort of like yeah. Toya ends up taking him on as a pupil. Um, he he learns how to be a ninja. Um, oh yeah, it's just it's just great. I love it. And, you know, and sort of Teresa has quite a fun one where she sort of has oh, a little kind yeah. of court trial. Uh, she sort of has to investigate. Um, They're know, all different like little genres, which I think yeah. is so good, right? Like Teresa suddenly you're like, oh, okay, we're going to do this like noir detective story yeah. where she's like <laughs> walking around the boat, she's smoking her cigarette, she's like. Where were you on the night of the twenty seventh? Right, like some sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good cartoon pirate um, B stories, like the stuff yeah. that you'd see in a, a Saturday morning cartoon. And yeah, yeah th there's no actual like mechanical reason to ever do these side stories. They are entirely just for laughs, and that's reason enough to do them because they're they're good fun silly pirate stories. 
Yeah, they're yeah. great. I, did it, either of you do Gael's? Oh, that's yeah, that's that's probably like after, after Toya and Ninja Fish, that is that is brilliant. I really, really liked Gael's. It's one. so funny. It's so good. She's <laughs> like, what if we got all the skeletons on the boat boat and we did a poetry slam? Yeah. <laughs> what are you yeah, doing? Really what good. is this? Yeah, yeah, speaking of the skeletons, um, as you um, restore more of your crew, the ship gets livelier. When you, mm. you first start the game, it is kind of barren and grim. And by the end of the game, you have, like, d- dancing skeletons on on deck um, just going about their crew duties and um, Salady's entire, like, area of the, the deck is now completely overgrown with um, foliage. Yeah. yeah. Every character like has fully moved in and made their corner of the ship a bright and fun place. And yeah, it, it makes you really like coming back to that ship because it's it feels like a really interesting home base. Yeah, absolutely. I can't agree more. Well, I think that probably does it for today. Everyone three moves ahead. I uh, appreciate, again, uh, everybody coming out today to uh, talk about Shadow Gambit, which I think is just a a very, very good game. And I believe everyone here did a review of, right? Yes. Yep, I wrote uh, my review for PC Gamer. And you can find Catherine's over at Rock, Paper, Shotgun, and mine is on IGN. So if you want yet more in-depth opinions about uh, the game as a whole, you can certainly go check all those out. And I would, in fact, encourage you to. And uh, I think that'll about do it for this week's episode of Three Moves Ahead. As always, the show is produced by Lynn Hafer and brought to you by the beautiful members of the Three Moves Ahead Patreon at patreon.com slash 3MA. You can also find us on various places like social media websites, which are sort of generally in flux right now and hard to name because they keep changing the names, but you'll figure it out. Uh, we're at 3MA on all those kinds of places as well. Uh, Dom, is there anywhere that you'd like to point people out right now? Um, I am Dominic Tarrison, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-T-A-R-A-S-O-N, on basically every social media site under the sun, but Twitter's my regular. And um, if I can give a little shout-out um, to... One fun thing that I am looking forward to in the next few weeks. Um, I have just signed up to be part of um, Cusa Grande, which is a bad games um, tournament. Okay. And that is K-U-S-O-G-R-A-N-D-E on Twitter. And signups are currently open. So if you want to be better at bad games than I am, sign up, join in. It'll be a good laugh. And Catherine, anything exceptionally interesting going on in your world? Uh, I mean, we've just come back from Gamescom on, on Rock Paper Shotgun. Uh, so there'll be yeah, but a bunch of cool, exciting things that we saw there going up on the site in the next kind of week or so. But yeah, apart from that, yeah, I'm yeah, all 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 of my all of my contact details are over on yeah on rockpapershotgun.com. Well, wonderful. Thank you both very much for coming out, and uh, thank you very much, dear listener, for listening and. This is John for Catherine and for Dom saying good night. Woohoo!